It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 155 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's undedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. It's been a while since we've uh, we've sat down and recorded the the uh, official Unholy Trinity podcast. Obviously, we, we sat down with Danny Donaghy over the course of the World Cup break. If you haven't checked that out, that B-side episode, please do. Fantastic uh, conversation, fantastic listen. To you know, some of those tales and stories that, that Danny was discussing about players that are there at the moment at the club, Yeri Mina, we saw again, picked up an injury against Wolves and his injuries were discussed, so please do check out that episode. Uh, but me and Lee are back today uh, to, to look back on Everton's first game back, unfortunately, and, and the return of, of Everton and Premier League football, and uh, hopefully it's not ruined your, your Christmas, uh, but obviously we can't, we can't promise that, but straight into it, Lee, you know, I sat there on, on Boxing Day, um, Goodison Park, full of hope, to be honest with you. You know, having that break, we said it at the time, I, th- I thought it was really needed. The fans needed to get away from, from the club. I think the players needed to get away from, from playing for Everton and have, having that break and sometimes for themselves. And um, the game started pretty well with it, an early goal from, from Yerry Mina. But we come away with a 2 1 defeat. Obviously, we're going to discuss the manner of it, what happened during the game. It's deflating, you know. Wolves were the were bottom of the table before the game. Um, what? How do you sum it all up? Because obviously, since since Boxing Day, since the full sound whistle went, it's been a, obviously and understandably, it's been a sea of negativity across the board from from fans, media alike. Yeah, well, if you cast ourselves back before the game and towards the end of the World Cup, when that was coming towards its end, which was a great World Cup, by the way. Um, <clears throat> it was a refreshing break away from Premier League football, like you said. But um, I was a little concerned by just the mood we're feeling around Everton in general. You know, you pick up on moods, don't you? And then 
you know, a lot of the people I was speaking to, whether that's in person or on social, on social, was kind of like, this is a must-win game. Yeah, must-win game. There's a lot of anxiety around the game. And, like, I was just really cautious about that because, yes, you could say it is a must-win game in some respects because, obviously, we're, you know, it's a team we're going to be going up against, no doubt, towards the end of the season in the fight to stay up. And that's the reality of the situation, by the way. And that's the reality I kind of expected pretty much from the start of the season because miracles can't be worked. You know, this is, there's been massive overhauls uh, of the squad needed and it's only, it's only partly been done so far anyway. And I was just worried about that anxiety because we know how easy that can switch and translate from a mood in the stands onto the players. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, and it can also work the opposite way, as we showed at the end of last season, isn't it? Where, you know, if there's, if there's a sea of positivity flying around the club or, you know, in that case, it was almost desperation more than anything else. But then that, that then in turn floods onto the, onto the pitch and gives maybe the players an extra 10%. And I, I just felt that there was, there was a lot being placed on this game, you know, almost too much for the stage of the season that we're in. You know, I've heard comments already like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're basically Boxing Day, we're in, nearly in January already. Well, yes, but also we have to take into account we've had, not had six weeks of football. So we're kind of really in a normal season. We're kind of around about mid-November stage, aren't we? You know, late November of where we are, really, if you look at it in terms of games played. Um, so that needs to be caveated as well. Um, and I just felt, you know, obviously, look, we knew if we could win, it would put us in a in a slightly less pressurised situation. Um, and I was a little bit concerned as well. I think you and I had this chat about Wolves being on, you know, new manager bounce, positivity more around the club. You know, they'd won a, a game, a competitive game, hadn't they, uh, in, in, in the Cup. Uh, the managers had, had a chance to have a look at them. He's had a chance to work with them over six weeks. So I was kind of thinking, and, and also throwing to the fact Wolves' record against us recently, particularly you know, Goodison has been pretty good. You know, they won a crucial game against us, didn't they, towards the end of last season. But let's be fair, we were by far, well, not by far, but we were certainly the better side. And we created more than enough chances in the first half alone to put the game to bed, didn't we? You know, I couldn't have go to the game, unfortunately, because of family Christmas commitments and things like I know you and Pete went, but um, I, I got to see a lot, maybe, maybe Lampard a bit closer up than you guys would have seen from where you were. And, and one thing I noticed with him, particularly with the chances around Gordon, Mope had a couple, Godfrey in the second half, which was more of a stab towards goal, but he's a centre half, really. And, 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 and Frank was just literally shaking his head in disbelief. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, can we please just put one of these in the net? Because, he, you know, as sure as eggs are eggs in, in, in any sport in football, if, you don't, if you're not clinical, mate, if you're not clinical when you're on top, and we were pretty much on top for most of the game, you're always open to being a sucker punch like we were at the end there, weren't we? I think, I think that's it. I think, you know, I came away from the game, obviously, Hugely disappointed because of the manner of the defeat. The fact, obviously, we you know conceding the goal in ninety fifth minute from you know being like you say being on top for the majority of the game. Okay, we, we've said this quite often this season where when we've had possession, we haven't done enough with it. But we did create chances, and you mentioned there. I mean, Anthony Gordon's got to be scoring a great ball from a Zuzagana guy. He's got to be putting the ball in the back of the net. Mope a couple of times, the one where he goes through after the Wolves defender lost the ball on, on, on the halfway, and he's like he was running in, in cement. He was going backwards, and obviously the keeper tackled him. And another one where 
he's got space on the edge of the box and the defender's slipped. So he's got even more time and he could have taken another touch further into the box. I hit the ball from about 18 yards out right to the goalkeeper. And, you know, we, we created opportunities as well as the, the mean a goal, like you say, before half time to be leading probably 3-1. And then the game then is probably out of sight, to be perfectly honest, because Wolves, you know, like you say, new manager, so you, you do expect the worst. But when, when I, I was watching the game, they weren't doing anything, especially that, that first half, for me to think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to panic here, you know, if, if uh, they're going to get on top or they are getting on top and they're taking control of the game. They weren't, not, not in any situation. And I think it showed the chances that they created. You know, you look at the at the first goal, you know, little, it was clever. Obviously, set piece went to uh, Moutinho at the back post and he just lifts the ball over, you know, a little bit of quality. Um, which obviously at the moment we haven't we haven't got ourselves. Um, but a bit of quality, someone in the back post scores one all. Um, but then that was that is a good point. That that was you know people are saying yeah okay the defence for that and you know sometimes you know in, you have to hold your hands up and go that's a great bit of skill. You know what I mean? I mean that's that's the Bruyne esque for me there. I mean they've clearly worked the corner for him to hit a volley because obviously he's got great technique. We know that. But he's you know the way the ball the angle was to him he took a touch. But that, that's, that's, you know, he's obviously seen as an overload on that side and he's put it into a great area. You know, he's lifted it over Patterson perfectly and Pickford's got no chance then, has he, from that far out? So you have to turn around and go, that's a great bit of skill. But that was their only real chance of the first mm. half, wasn't it? It's the only yeah. real thing they created. You know what I mean? And, and, there was, and to be fair, besides the goal late on, obviously the winner, there was nothing in the second half either in terms of chances. Pickford had to save one from about 20 yeah, yards. From, yeah, from Bueno, yeah, the left back. Yeah. Yeah, it, was like a, it, was, it was like a side foot straight at him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was a comfortable save, pushed it away, no issue with that. But we, we weren't we weren't under under pressure. You know, with, I didn't think, you know, that, that walls were going to cause us any kind of issue. I think a little bit of panic set in, in my opinion, in and around the ground when Traore came on, because we know Traore, as much as his, as his, uh, his final ball isn't great, we know he's quick, we know he can cause problems because of that alone. And obviously, Michalenko, we went on to the right-hand the right hand side, obviously our left, is not particularly quick. Um, and I think there was a little bit of, I thought, anxiety crept into the crowd at that particular point. But, to be fair, he, I know obviously you're going to say he set the, uh, the winner up, but that wasn't a great ball either, to be perfectly no, honest. No, no, he got he got a lucky break, didn't he? It was it was, it was a crap pass, let's be honest. But, and, that, and that's what we know with him, isn't it? I mean, we were linked with him in the summer, ironically. And you know, as great as he is running at people and causing issues, you know, particularly in transition and things like that, his final ball is is nine times out of ten awful. And that was an awful call. He's not picked anyone out there, has he? He's just put it into an area, and you know, it's come, it's deflected off. Uh, uh, I think it was a uh, was it was it Michalenko or, or Godfrey? It's deflected off that. Actually, even being even being Tarkowski, I think he was went over to the ball first. I think two of them went over to the ball, but I think yeah, they both got dragged to the ball, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. A, a couple of a couple of uh, little nicks, <laughs> which is taking it. I think the nick from Tarkowski has then taken it away from Godfrey because Godfrey was was in line with the ball. He's yeah. nicked it. It's then gone past Godfrey and obviously to the back post. And I mean, Onana is is obviously very very close to getting back and stopping that, but. You know, it's. I just never ever felt in it in in much danger, and that's that's the that's a disappointing thing that when you you feel that you're controlling the game and you've had chances to, to to go ahead and be out of sight almost, especially in that first half, to to then lose it is is highly frustrating. I think I'd be sitting here a lot more angry, upset, and and on edge if we didn't create anything and we lost the game, but. Yeah. 
you know, the, the manager, and you know, we, we will discuss the manager in more detail in the in the second part of the show. The manager can't can't score the goals for the players, you know. He, he can coach them, he can train them, he can set them up in a, in a particular way, whether you, whether you think it's right or wrong. But when you get into those positions as a professional footballer, okay, you're not going to score every one, but Everton are wasteful. And we've been wasteful this season, I think, quite a few times in good positions, not, not even getting the ball on target, not working the goalkeeper, but more importantly, not scoring goals. When, when mate, mate should... to put it bluntly, mate, it's killing us. Hmm? It's well, killing us. It's killing us. It's killing us in a lot of games because I'm not saying, look, well, like Man City, where we're having 70, 80% possession. You know what I mean? Suffocating teams are just not putting it in the net. Or even like a Brighton, where you're having like, you know, most of the game, but you're not really creating enough or you're not putting your chances away. You know, I'm not saying that at all. But in the games, there's been a, there's been a, a load of sort of similar feels to games this season where, you know, we, where we have been, say, the better team or on top. And, and just, just not being clinical enough at all. You know, we were talking off air there, it's sort of, if you look at our team right now, you know, you'd say from the keeper, the defence, obviously with the additions we've had in defence, the midfield is better than it was last season, but it's still a work in progress. You know, you'd say that's probably around about mid-table, wouldn't you, until you get to the final third. And then you look at the final third now, in terms of goals, creativity, assists, pace, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're not Premier League level. And that, and that, that let's be honest, that is the bluntness of it, isn't it? Yeah, you mentioned Mope there before, and 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 I, and I was, you know, scathing of him really to you boys um, after the game, maybe a bit OTT on it, but you know, I was watching him in that game, and and and, and you know, even just his general hold-up play, you know, there were simple balls played into his feet, you know, they weren't fizzed at his head when he's up against you know, a big centre half, you know, what I mean, there were simple balls where we were in, they lost the ball so many times, didn't they, in transition, you know, trying to they were trying to play out through the back. Thought their young lad at the back, Nathan Collins, was absolutely awful. By the way, you know he was making mistakes left, right, and centre. And then we had opportunities there, you know, in transitions. And the amount of times he'd kind of like lose the ball in that position when they weren't in a shape. You know, so we've gone from a, suddenly a promising attacking position to him giving the ball away so easily, and then suddenly now we're running back towards our own goal, and they're now attacking us. You know what I mean? And that sometimes you don't take that into account in football. You know, top centre forwards who can hold the ball up and you know back the backsides into defenders and link the play. That helps you sustain attack. You know what I mean? And worst, worst case, if you can't link the play, at least win the foul. So then that allows us then to have a set piece, you know, to try and score from or anything like that. And so many times it broke down with him. So many times. And that, what epitomised it was that, you know, like you just referred to before, where again they gave the ball away when they were, you know, uh, uh, trying to attack us. Uh, they were all, all in our half. And then he wins it. And then there's a chance, mate, you're in. You're in, you know, and, and we we know he's obviously not blessed with loads of pace. You would much rather have that fell to a Damari Gray type or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously got the pace to get to get ahead of the defenders. And we also know, obviously, you know, Samedo is rapid as well. He's quick, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? But the thing is there, anybody knows of anything in footy. If you haven't quite got the pace, like, you know, Samedo is going to be chasing it. Cut across his path. Cut across his path. Make him trip you. You know what I mean? Because then it's a red card, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because then you, because you, you know, it's a goal scoring opportunity. But the, the thing is, his first touch was so bad that you know Jose Sarr was able to clear it mm. after his first touch. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting there going, "Oh my god, I cannot believe that! I cannot believe that he's not even be able to get a shot." And you know, if he takes a good touch across Samedo there, 
and then he suddenly, you know, he, he can get a bit clear. Saar was so far off his line anyway because they've lost it in a, in a, in a day, you know, in a sort of position where you wouldn't normally lose the ball. He could have lifted it over Saar from like 30, 40 yards out. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Could have easily done it. But that just summed it up completely. And then you referred to the Gordon chance as well. Lovely play by Drissa Gay. You know what I mean? Great ball, threaded it in. It was a good run by Gordon as well. Took a good first touch on his right foot onto his left side. And the keeper's just read it completely, hasn't he? He just mm. read it. The keeper was going down before he took the shot. You know what I mean? Mm. And in the end, it turned out to be a pretty easy save. And I'm just sitting there, you're just sitting there going, lad, you know, again, referring to Lampard on the touchline going, oh my God. You know what I mean? That, that is just an absolute glorious opportunity to sort of, like you said there, maybe the two slash three one up. And then we know Wolves are like us, they struggle to score goals all season. The game's pretty much over then. Mm. You know what I mean? And then suddenly the crowd, guess what? That the crowd suddenly feel less anxious. That feeds into the players. The players then suddenly play with a bit of a swagger. And then you probably you know you may you may even score, you know, three or four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the difference in football, isn't it? If you don't take your chances there, you leave yourself open, like I said before. Yeah. Most definitely. And and, and I think I think a lot of the time, I mean, look, looking looking at that game, especially, I look at, you know. Decision making, we always say it, it's key. Obviously, it's key in every kind of situation in, in Premier League football. But I look at the, you know, over the course of the game, I think Wolves got six or seven bookings in that game. Okay. Now, a lot of the time they were getting booked for Everton went to counter and they would pull a player back, they'd take him down, they were clever. So, game management, you know. Now, why aren't we? We've had this conversation ourselves. Why aren't we? When uh, Tarkowski plays that ball, Patterson wins the header. This is late on, just before they win it. And then Gordon sort of goes behind. He tries to flick it. They win the ball. Why aren't, I think, the Corey was the nearest man. Why isn't he clearing them out? Why isn't he taking them out to stop the counter-attack? That's what frustrates me more than anything, is, is how, at times, nice we are and how you know our decision-making is so flawed. We, we, we lack you know the game management techniques. The cleverness, the cuteness, whatever you want to call it, you know, gamesmanship, whatever it is, we lack, we lack that that sad thing. Because a point is better than none. I sat there myself, and I'm thinking, you know what, a point's not ideal, but you're not losing the game. You've got a point. Yeah. The first game back after after the six week break, you, you you're not coming back to a, a defeat. Be clever, take the point, and then we'll move on. Obviously, to to a difficult game against Man City, but take the point. And we just we just don't think we you no know, the players have got to again the manager can't decide that for them the manager can't tell them in that situation at that time oh I'd like pull him down or get a yellow card take one for the team you've got as a footballer you've got to know it's got to be instinct you've got to know what yeah, you've got yeah you know yeah. you've got to take what you've got and and that that that, that frustrates life out of me as well because even if you pick up an extra two or three points a season that can be the difference. Well, the thing is, Decore De- De- has to. You, you, you make a good point there. Decore has to. He's experienced enough to know that we've committed a lot of bodies forward here now. You know what I mean? Now he wasn't favoured to get that ball after uh, you know Patterson headed it slightly behind Gordon. He flicked his leg at it. But like you said there, just 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 do anything to stop the pass. You know mm-hmm. whether you take the guy out, whether you basically grab him round the waist and pull him down. You know what I mean? Just do anything just to stop the counter-attack, because he should be able to read the in-game situation there and go, right, if I lose this here now, there's suddenly... like Because if you look at it, on that, on that still picture, it was four against three in the box. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, Patterson's trying to run... You could see there were legs had gone. He was trying to sprint to get back. 
Onana was trying to sprint to, uh, sprint to get back. You know, uh, Mikalenko was trying to sprint to get back. The Corey himself had just come on, was like jogging back. Mm. You know what I mean? And they sensed it. They could tell. They were, they were sprinting because they thought, hang on a minute, we could nick it here. Mm. You know, and, and, and so much so that Eight Nori even had a chance. So, uh, he, he, you know, even, uh, so he even had the time to take a touch. You know what I mean? It's not as if he was under that much pressure that he could hit it first time. He could mm. take a touch and then basically, you know, side foot it in. So yeah, it, it must have been absolutely gut wrenching um, for, for you know for Lampard and, and the players there um, to throw it away like that. Because like you said, not only a point is a point. Yes, you know you want to win, and rightly so against a team that you know that's the worst Wolves team I've seen at Everton for a while since they've come up. Yeah, you know I mean they're all over the show. And to be honest, I'll be very surprised even with this new manager based on that performance if they manage to to get out the bottom the, bo- uh, the bottom half of the table or the bottom three or bottom four. To be honest. You know, obviously they're bringing in the likes of Cunha now. They've agreed to sign in with an obligation to buy for forty odd million. You know, we know he's a talented kid, and we were linked with him. But obviously, you know, you're in a position now where you have to buy him for forty million. It is a massive risk for them, but they've taken it. But I just think it 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 just the game almost like summed up our season, didn't it? In one, you know what I mean? And the fact that you know we created enough to win the game. And then essentially we then throw it away and shoot ourselves in the foot right at the end. And, you know, you'd suddenly going into the dressing room, having been the better side, sitting there going, how the hell have we managed to lose that game? Mm-hmm. The, the, effect that, the effect that has on the team mentally then, you know what I mean? You know, suddenly all the press are, all, like we said, to, we said before, you know, the press are going to be all over Lampard now. They'll be dying to sack him, just as they're dying to sack David Moyes at the minute. You know, there's always, there's all, the Wolves are always out. You know what I mean? They're always out. They can't wait for it to, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing for me. I didn't want to lose the game to the point where now we're starting to face those questions again. And we mm. saw the big swing swing change. You were at the ground. You said you started to hear it. You started to feel it in terms of fan turn against Lampard, you know, for the first time, really, wasn't it? You said you felt it in the ground, didn't you? Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't. I mean, ju- just on, on the fans, you know, we're, we're all fans ourselves. Um, and... I felt obviously before the game, you know, it wasn't a sort of fest, festive atmosphere. Understandably, people have still got Bournemouth in their mind, and and, and that's fine. Uh, but then when we scored the goal, the gladdest scene which I was sitting in uh, for the change of the weekend was a was was bouncing, a lot of singing, uh, it was loud, um, and there was times when the fans were really on on side. You could feel Everton were building a bit of momentum, especially second half, and they were they were backing backing the players, and and that's that, that's exactly what we're there for. Um, and then there was a, there was certainly obviously we're going to touch on obviously the comments that the manager made uh, again in the in the second part of the show. So when we were, you know, we're in stoppage time and uh, Tarkowski and Godfrey are knocking the ball between themselves for what seemed like an eternity, looking looking by the way for players in front of them to move, not just just watch them and be static, move because we're not just going to play a ball for the sake of playing a ball. It's got to be the right ball. And I was sitting there thinking, you know. If you're going to play a ball here, make sure it's the right ball. Make sure when you make that pass, you don't just hit it aimlessly. And to be fair, I thought it was a good ball from Tarkowski. I thought it was a decent ball. Patterson wins it. On another day, you know, it goes in front of Anthony Gordon. Um, and we're in. But um, it was, I mean, I say I felt a shift. Obviously, the the nervousness or the, the frustration, should I say, from the fans when the two centre-halves were knocking the ball between each other was evidence, which the manager alluded to, of course. Um, but then, when obviously the goal, the the winner goes in, um, obviously people then start to leave in the droves. And, 
you start to hear that you know the the shouts then you know Lampard out, Lampard's a Tory, Lampard this, you know, someone behind me going, yeah, he's, he's a great cheerleader, but he's not, he's not a good manager, all this kind of stuff. And I, I just think, listen, we're, we're all frustrated, we're all angry, we're all disappointed. Um, but again, it's just it's just not it's just not helpful to, to, to the situation. And everyone's got their own opinions and we're not here to change anyone's mind. You know, we, we have a conversation, we choose to do it publicly. Um, and obviously, if people want to get on board with that, then get on board with it. If you don't, then then don't, you know, that, that's not a problem at all. But I just don't think that shouting those kind of things is particularly helpful in the situation that we are in. And, you know, the manager mentioned about the, the importance of, of togetherness and, and how it, it, it helped so much last season. And it's no different. It's no different this season. You know, we, we've got to be as together as, as we can. Uh, we know it's difficult at times. We know it impacts our, our days and our weeks. We, you know, we know that. But we've, we've still got to, re, you know, remain focused on what the actual goal is. And the goal is, well, what I thought the goal was, was to, to back a manager, to try and give him time, to give him transfer windows, to bring his own players in, um, look to improve the side, and then look forward then to moving into a, into a brand new stadium in 18 months' time or so, and on, on a better footing. Um, but obviously... Can I, can I pick up on a point you just raised there? In, in slight defence, Maybe this goes against the grain a little bit here. I know it does. In slight defence of Godfrey and Tarkowski there, they're obviously passionate to each other. Um, and you're saying the lack of movement, and, and, there, and there was. But if you look at the Wolves' shape at that point, they've just brought on Totti Gomez, the centre-back, who, by the way, made a fantastic block to stop Tom Cannon probably scoring his first Premier League goal there. You know what I mean? Um, it was a lovely cross from Patterson, and it's a great bit of defending. But at that point, Wolves had shut up shop, hadn't they? You know what I mean? They'd shut up shop. We know that. Anyway, they, they brought on a third centre-half. The manager even said it himself. You know, we, you know, we were basically happy to take a point. Their manager was basically saying that. You know, they, they, they brought on a third centre-half, expecting crosses into the box, things like that. You know, a bit of a, a, an aerial bombardment towards the end. And that, that, to them, that was them settling for a point. And then somehow they've managed to, you know, to, 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 to pick up three points, you know, fortuitously for me. But if you look at that there, they're setting a, you know, they're setting a shape. I'm, I'm sure they were setting like a 5-4-1 at that point. You know what I mean? Literally, to, you know, for the last sort of five, ten minutes of the game. So therefore, space in that is minimal, isn't it? So if you look at Godfrey, and they're, they're looking up now. Pretty much every single outfield player at this point now is in, is in their half of the pitch, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So in their defence, in their defence, I just think like, there wasn't really, we haven't really got like that sort of creative genius in the middle, have we? You know, like we've had, you know, more recently, like a hammer type, whatever, who can unlock a door, you know, in a, in a, in a massive low block situation. So in their slight defence, there wasn't much ahead of them. And like you said, in the end, Tarkovsky's actually picked him out. You know, he's picked out uh, Patterson on the far side there with a nice crossfield ball. Now, maybe in some respects, you could say, could Patterson have maybe tried to bring it down? You know what I mean? Obviously, he's tried. You can see his intentions. He's trying to nod it inside first time to uh, to Gordon. And like you said, on another day, maybe if he's a yard further back, he takes that in his stride. Maybe gets a shot off or a cross into the box. You know, and in the end, we've been punished. You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, some you know sometimes in 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 football, you you need that little bit of luck. Certainly in the final stages of a game, and then when they counted, you know they got that little bit of luck. Like we said before, it was a crap pass from uh, Traore. 
You know what I mean? And then they've got that little bit where it's found the lad at the back and he and he's put it in the net. Sometimes you need that, and we didn't have it. Uh, but that's not to defend, you know, to say that we were absolutely outstanding and we were playing like prime Barcelona. We weren't, you know what I mean? But at the same time, we were clearly the better side, you know, both both to the to the to the naked eye watching the game and also the stats back that up as well, don't they? You know, our XG was, you know, more than double what theirs was. I think it was just under two. You know what I mean? So if, yeah, if, if you look at just on the stats, while while I've, I've pulled them up, XG. For those who like stats, you know, I know some people aren't, aren't into it, but we, and we like we like the eye test ourselves. I think it's massively important. But the XG Everton one point seven four, Wolves zero point seven eight, possession fifty nine percent to forty one, shots twelve to seven, six on target to four. Um, so it shows it shows you, you know, that the, the we were we were the better side. We were on top. We've said it time and again. It's a massive, massive Achilles heel of ours. Is that when we we creating clear-cut chances, and the XG, I think, reflects that, that we did, were not clinical, and that is the problem. And that's where, obviously, getting the right personnel in, people and players who, who can be clinical, and when they when they are having those chances created for them, they take them. That is why it's absolutely pivotal, and that's why, you know, we were talking about this transfer window being so important. Of course it is, and we need to get in two attacking players, one being a central striker, one being probably a wide player. Um and then seeing we can also shift house as well. It's hugely important that we, for me, we give the manager the, the chance, the chance to do that. And I'm going to come on to it because it's it. I want to want to wrap up the walls, the walls chat there because we could talk all day about obviously what went wrong, why we didn't win the game, and things like that. But I think you know there was more fallout from from the game because of the the, the manager's comments immediately post match. Um, and we're going to discuss that. The manager, the transfer window, the importance of it after the, after our first break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Chancy podcast. And like I was saying, you know, the, the, the Wolves game did cause and has caused a bit of fallout. Um, you know, not, not more noticeable than, than because of the, the comments made by the manager immediately after the game uh, when discussing the the lead up to the goal to the winner and the the anxiety and the the frustration amongst the fan base in in, in Goodson Park on Boxing Day because our two centre halves were obviously passing the ball between themselves for about a minute or so uh, before before then releasing the ball and you know we saying about you know it'd be nice if the fans sort of stuck stuck with us um, and it's caused a lot of discussion um, a bit of upset a bit of anger in the fan base because it's it's almost as if you know the, the the fans are the ones who kept the side up last season and, and you're now 
you know, turning against, you know, the, the, the one good thing to come out of last season. And, you know, we've always had a good relationship, I think, with Frank Lampard. The, the, the fans have always found him very personable, very likeable. Um, and because of the moments that we had last year, any kind of moments of joy that we could find, you know, Leicester away being one, Newcastle at home, the late winner, obviously Crystal Palace at home, those kind of games which sort of solidified that relationship. And it's almost left a little bit of a bad taste in people's mouths because they feel that the manager, the manager is, is turned, not, not so much fully turned, but made a bit of a, a derogatory dig at, at those fans. But Lee, Lee what, what's your take on it uh, in terms of what the manager said? It, do you understand this point? You know, it's it's not not. I, mean, I saw Baz on Toffee TV made the point that it's not as if you know after 15 minutes the fans started turning on the players. It was late on, you know, stoppage time, trying to get a winner, frustration, etc. Do, do you understand the manager's point? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think it was very brave for Lampard. It's the first time he's come out, hasn't he? And 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 um, not questioned the fans, but also try to try to basically say, look, we saw how much it galvanised the team last year, being a lot more positivity, you know, from the fans towards the players on the pitch. And we saw the effect that had. You know, we've seen the effect more recently that had, for example, you know, even in the World Cup with the Argentinian fans being incredible. And, you know, look, at I've said it before about Newcastle, as well as Eddie Howe has done at Newcastle, which he has done, that sea of positivity around the club because they finally ousted, you know, a toxic owner. And they brought in a load of, you know, well, the wealthy, now officially like the wealthiest club in the world, if you like. That then translates from the fans onto the onto the players on the pitch. Yeah, you know I mean, and then then they're, they're now riding that wave. You look at that Newcastle squad; it's not a top four team, but they're riding that wave. Yeah, you know I mean, and, and and as we've seen with Newcastle, when it was negative and it was bad, when they had Mike Ashley there, it had the opposite effect. So you, you know, you cannot underestimate how a unified club you know, from fans onto the players on the pitch and into the manager has a massive impact. Now, that's a debate for another day. You know, in my opinion, I'm sure you're quite similar. You know, Ken Wright's intentions have always been right. I think he loves the club. But at the same time, it's a love affair he needs to let go of. It's a love affair he should have let go of a long time ago. And I think as a result of that, we're now seeing a lot of the toxicity around the club. Because, you know, we all know now football's moved on in a much more sort of modernised way, if you like, and we need to move with the times. You know what I mean? You know, and, and that's that, that's my personal opinion. I think that's a lot of fans' opinion, you know, in terms of Ken Wright and the fact he, he, he needs to relinquish that a little bit of control that he still has. But that's another a story for another day. Going back to Lampard's comments, I think, I think what he was trying to say there after the game was effectively, you know, stick with us. And, and, and this is my blunt opinion. I genuinely think, you know, he thinks our front three, in terms of creativity and goals, just aren't good enough. I know he's big Gordon up and things like that as well, and, and, and he's trying to obviously you know, turn, work with him and turn him into a top player. Whether he'll get there or not is yet to be seen. For most of the jury's still out on that. But I think what Lampard was effectively saying, but he can't come out and say it, is look, stick with us. You know what I mean? I know we need goals. I know we need creativity. I know we need pace in the final third. I can see it myself. I'm watching these players every single week in training. I'm watching these players play out the games. You know, I can see what you can see. And we know we need to add more quality in the final third. You know, but he can't come out directly and say that, can he? He can't come out and say, Mope, you're crap, even though I brought you in. McNeil, I don't think you're good enough. You haven't got enough pace. You don't create enough. You know, Gordon, you're wasteful. 
you can't come out and start singling out players and things. So in a roundabout way, I think what he was trying to say was, is that I can see what you can see, guys. We're clearly not good enough in the final third. We clearly don't, you know, we're not scoring enough goals that will probably keep us in this league. We're trying to address that now. You know what I mean? You know, I said to you before, you know, the money we had, we had to sell arguably our best player, Brazil's number nine, Richarlison. You know, we've suddenly gone from the likes of having Richarlison and Hammers in the team to suddenly having like the likes of Mope and McNeil. You know what I mean? And that, that's on Lampard, that. You know, as much as we've, you know, we like him, we've defended him, you know, ultimately Lampard and Thelwell have got their heads together. Now, I, I don't think they'd have been anywhere near the top of the list, by the way, Mope and McNeil, but they've obviously gone down that route thinking, okay, they're more Premier League proven than taking a risk of somebody abroad. But ultimately, look, so far they've proved to be poor signings. You know what I mean? So I think that's what he was trying to refer to, saying, look, I know what's going on. You know, stick with us. Because if, if it turns and it goes down the same Benitez way where it was so toxic, then we're not going to get out of this mess, are we? We're just not going to get out of this mess if there's the sea of negativity around the club or sea of anxiety around the players. You know, we need to have that sort of positive tidal wave yet again. And, and for me, that's what I think he was trying to refer to is just to say, look, please, lads, just stick, stick with the team here because otherwise we will, we will go down if we're not careful. I think that's basically what, for me, what he was trying to refer to. I think you're right. I think he's got it. Obviously, it's a balancing act with him. And, and like you said, he can't come out and, and you know, specifically call out certain players. Mind you, shouldn't do that. Um, you know, they generally don't do that. And we don't want to see the minds. If, I don't call out players. You protect your players as, as much as sometimes it might frustrate you as a manager. You protect your players as much as you can because it's us against them. That, that's It's always that mentality. No, no one cares about the club as much as we do and as much as the manager the manager should do. And the Lampard does, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. And I think he's felt he's had to say something because he, he's he's feeling the fans wavering, probably probably for the first time properly since he's been brought in less than 12 months ago. He's feeling a little bit dejected, obviously the mind of the, of the defeat. He's emotional because he's been interviewed sort of half an hour after losing the game in, in that particular manner as well. And, and he is, it's almost a, 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 the famous rally cry and say, listen, stick with us, you know, we're trying to make things better. The transfer window's coming up. Like you say, some players aren't good enough. Some players are not clinical. Some players are not going to score as 10 or 15 goals a season. That's our weakest area. Let's get it right. Because if you had better players in those positions, and I, and I don't sit here, by the way, calling individual players out. That's not that's not my style. I don't think it's a podcast style. That's just what we what we don't like to a road that we don't like to go down. But at the moment, stats speak for themselves. Our attacking players are not getting the goals that we need. They're not creating the 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 the, uh, the goals that we need them to do. So we are short there. We're better in other areas. Defensively, I feel we're better. We're better in midfield. Although I still think there's room for improvement there. But that those three players in that system, if you're going to play that particular way, you've got to have goals from your wide players and assists. You've got to have assists from the middle of midfield as well. Awobi, Onana, Azizagana, they've all got to chip in. And you've got to have a striker who's clinical. Now, at the moment, Dominic Calvert-Loom, we know he's not match fit. He's probably going to be in and around the squad for the City game. Uh, hopefully, he's, he's starting against Brighton. But... As we enter into the you know this this pivotal month of January, and we, we we look at the at the transfer window, we've got to go out there. And if you're going to play a particular way, if you're going to play this four three three, 
and have a central striker, then you've got to go out there and buy someone who's in exactly the same mould as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And it's got to be somebody who can come in, not a young lad who's, who you pin all your hopes on, or a young lad from the Championship who's, OK, he might have scored 15 goals, but it's a Championship, he's young, he's never played Premier League football. You've got to go out there and get someone who's sort of mid-20s, you know, coming into the prime of the career, who knows the Premier League, who can bag your 10 goals, um, who's big, who's strong, who's athletic, who's good in the air, like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'm, I'm probably a better finisher, to be honest. You've well, got I, I said to you, didn't I? I said to you then, I'll take cast our minds back to like when we brought Kevin Campbell in. You know what I mean? He basically kept us up single-handedly. You know what I mean? And, and he got nine goals in the second half of the season that basically kept us up. When I think of players like that, you know, if, if Campbell was, I said to you before, if Campbell, if, if Campbell was to come into this team now, like, let's say, you, you know, obviously it's, it's an impossible scenario, but let's say someone like Campbell comes in now and holds up the ball the way he used to, backing into defenders, winning free kicks, being a, being a clinical finisher when he, when he had to be, right? That's exactly what we need right now. You know what I mean? You look at someone like, if I was to think of someone playing now, someone like a Giroud, for example, would be perfect. You know what I mean? Someone who basically he's got clever movement. He's great with his back to goal. Holds up the play. Links up the play brilliantly. You know, great in the air. You know, obviously good on the deck as well. You know, that type of player. You know, not 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 gambling on a on a on a like you said a twenty twenty on twenty one year old who's got who's got potential. Right now, we need someone if we can get them, even if it's on loan for a short term basis, like a Giroud type who can come in and basically do a job, and and just just be an absolute pain in the arse to play against. Hold at the ball, win free kicks. You know, you know, just basically make us a much better, a much more cohesive in the final third, and and that that's what we need to do. You know, you just said it there. We chose what did Lampard do in the summer? You know, he chose to invest most, well, most of his resources into basically making us harder to play against. You know, making us less easy to play through like we were last season. So he's brought in Cody Tarkovsky. Ultimately, most fans, let's be honest, over ninety percent of fans would say that's too good signing. Onana, we've bought in potential. Now I know he's he struggled the last few games. Onana has, you know, and but the thing is, we also have to put that into context as well because he's a, he's a kid that had played 15 games in France before he came to us. 20 years old. Yeah, you know I mean, he's suddenly been thrown into the hardest, quickest league in the world, and we're expecting him to be basically prime Patrick Vieira. You know what I mean? Or or uh, Yaya Torre, that that sort of style of player. You know, we've got to remember he's a kid. If anything, really, you know, we're probably expecting too much of him. You know, we probably need to sort of slowly, slowly integrate him into the team. That's what we'd like to do, rather than throw him in and expect him to be running midfields in the Premier League at the age of 20. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, but we have improved in those areas. Now, I think where Lampard, what Lampard's tried to do, and it's, it'll be interesting if you agree with this, Mike, is that he's tried to make us harder to play against. And that was working at the start of the season. Now, as, but as a result of being that way, again, we weren't carrying really a goal threat. At all, were we in the start of the season when we were trying to win that first game? But ultimately, we were still hard. You know, yes, the stats were showing we were conceding a lot of shots on goal, but we weren't conceding lots of big chances. You know, what I mean, most of the most of the, if you look at the stats, they weren't big chances in terms of what we were conceding. But then, as he's now slowly tried to sort of go, okay, well, we need to carry more of a goal threat. Oh no, no, I'm going to push you higher up. I'm going to see if you can give me a box to box. You know, that as a result has made us a little bit more vulnerable at the back because of that. And then we're still not carrying the goal threat. So we're in that sort of classic sort of halfway house situation now where we're trying to be hard to beat, but also, look, we know we need to score more goals. And I think that's where he is. And I think he knows that himself. That's reflective in his comments. And I think also on top of that, that's the reason why we all know we need two, maybe three signings 
whether it's two loans and a permanent or whatever, now in January, early January, if we can, just to transform that final third. You know what I mean? And if there is an old head, you know, like a like I said, a Giroud type, and then maybe a couple of younger players, you know, then 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 so be it. But for me, we we desperately need to get that bit right. And Lampard knows that. He's not stupid. He's played in the game long enough. He's been around the game long enough. Yes, he's still a young manager. Yes, he's still learning his way. But he can still see, he can see that. And at the moment, that team he's inherited there is five, six years of mismanagement of the club, isn't it? That's the, that's where we are right now. We've had Ancelotti's come in. We've had young uh, Silver come in in a potential coach. He's shown how good he is at Fulham now. We've had all kinds of managers come in. Allardyce, some people call him for Dyche. Jesus, please, no. You know what I mean? Like, please, please. You know, we're going down that route again of short-termism. But do you know what I mean? So, so literally, from that perspective, as far as I'm concerned, we need to stick with him. We can't keep on sacking managers over and over again, expecting different results. Don Hutchinson was on, on a, um, a space. I didn't listen to it uh, the other day, but I've seen the comments from it. And he was basically saying the same thing. You know what I mean? We've had all kinds of managers come through the door trying to basically get a tune out of this squad, this Frankenstein squad that we've got. It needs a massive overhaul. We've done a big chunk of that. We've got rid of a lot of players out the door in the summer. There's still loads to do. You know what I mean? We need. We, we can't expect them to be working miracles. You know what I mean? We just can't. We, we can't be expecting the guys to come in and work miracles. Yes, we don't want to be where we are. We all know that. But ultimately, if you look at that squad, look at the, look at the subs Wolves brought on the other day compared to ours. You know, particularly going forward, the likes of Jimenez, Traore, Mateus Nunes, who's like 30, 40 million quid. We've got Tom Cannon, who's basically a young lad scoring goals in the 23s. You know what I mean? That's all we've got as a goal threat coming on. You know what I mean? So we have to be realistic of where we are. And if I'm being honest, I knew this would be a, a dogfight this season. I think most of us did, but none of us wanted to admit it. Mm. Yeah, no, you, you, you're totally right. And, and, and all, all, points are, all points are valid. And I always look back at that Crystal Palace game as our best performance of the season. And, and why was it? Well, we had Dominic Calvert-Lewin, point one. Because he, he was a he was a pain. He was great. He was great in the we air. Scored, we, we were clinical, Mike. We yeah, were we clinical. But, but, yeah. but, but we we created decent chances. We played some lovely football. The intensity was there, and, and that's the blueprint I think for how Lampard wants to play. And when you've got the inconsistency of the front three, when you've got a, a centre forward in Dominic Calvert-Lewin who's struggling with injury, and obviously. Lampard knows he can't be relied upon. And this is not me slagging off Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's obviously got issues physically. When we spoke to, to, to Danny Donaghy the other week, he said, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's similar mode to Yerry Mina in terms of, you know, he's a powerful player. Um, he's all pace. You know, it's all it's all fast twitch, isn't it? As opposed to your... Yeah, it's physiology, yeah. yeah. So, so is, is, he, is he made to play 35, 40 games a season? Possibly not. And it's only since he's got bigger and stronger he starts to have these issues. Um, so, you know, that was our best game of the season. That's the blueprint. And that's why we need to go out there and get a player like Dominic Carver. It was a come in in January, hopefully bag us 10 goals and and, and see us up, up the table. And I think all- a lot of us on, on that on that point, sorry to interject, mate, on that point, a lot of a lot of fans, I think some of us included as well, were calling for Onana. Onana played in the six against Palace, didn't he? And then since that game, he's been playing a bit further forward, almost like an eight with Garner sitting. So a lot of people were calling for Onana to sit in a double six, didn't he, with, with Garner. And, and Onana, you know, um, you were at the game, you would have seen it more clearly than me. But Onana obviously was playing in that six role, wasn't he, against, you know, from what people have been calling for, sit Onana in that six. You know what I mean? He was spraying balls about against Palace, things like, you know, breaking, play, breaking up play. 
So Onana in that six, and Garner played a little. Garner played a little bit further ahead of him, didn't he? Against against Wolves at the weekend, and and then and ultimately Garner. Let's be honest, is our best presser of the ball, isn't he? In terms of winning the ball back and tackles, and you know he's created a few goals this season by doing that alone. And obviously he laid on the Gordon chance by being further up as well, didn't he? So a lot of us were calling for that, and Onana did play in that position. And arguably, you know, as I hope we ended up going on to lose the game. You know, we we were pretty much in control of the game most of the way through, weren't we? So what well, do you I, think? Do you do you think Onana should play in the six? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think as time develops, I think he's got to become more of a box to box midfielder person. I think he's got the attributes to to do that. He's got to improve certain parts of his game. But I think in the, in the current situation. I think, you know, he's good in a tackle. We saw in those first sort of 10 minutes, he put in a couple of great slide tackles. You know, he does that every single week. Uh, and he times them really, really well. Sometimes you think, you know, in the round the box at times and he's jumping in. But I think he's, his timing is very, very good. And he's physical, he's strong. And, and I thought he, you know, playing a little bit deeper, he was a little bit more effective in that particular way. And, and I've, got to, I've got to touch on this. You know, the, the fans giving him stick for, for trying to get the crowd going. You know, we just think it's just just incredible. You know, Patson does exactly the same thing as well. You know, the players at times they need to feed off us. And when when there's a bit of a lull, when they're trying to push it to, to get a goal and they're not getting a reaction, they're going to do it because they, they they want they want that extra percent sometimes. Something just to give them a little bit of a boost and some you know something he overplays and he does it too often. It's up to the players to to get the fans you know on side and and backing them. Yeah, to a point, of course, but if the, the players, it's, he's telling you there, listen, just give us something, just give, because it could be the difference between scoring a goal or not, and as, as daft as that sounds, these are the fine margins that we need to feed into, we need to do our job as well, and this is not me slagging off Everton fans and, you know, Adam sit there and, and shout for 90 minutes, you know, we, we, we all don't, but let's not get on the players back for, for wanting a little bit more from us, because they're, they're trying to win a game of football, and when it's difficult... When you're in, in a bit of a dog fight, you know, first game back as well, you know, energy levels aren't always there. We've got to just try and push them, push them on and give them a little bit of a boost. And, you know, let's let's not let's not try and bring up those kind of those kind of barriers as well. You know, I think we've got to make sure that we do we stay on side with them. But he's you know, a young but, lad from a different culture, isn't he? He's from 100%. a different culture, a different background. He's never played in, 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 in England, never played in the Premier League. You know, I mean I, I, I We've got a lot worse problems, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of a player trying to gear for crowd. Yeah, you know mm. I mean, if that's what we're pinning on players, then for God's sake, you know, for for me that that that's nothing. That yeah, you know, mm. he clearly wants it sort of. You know, he knows how vocal our fans can be. He knows how they can push him on. You know, what I mean, there's a, this age-old argument of like they need to lift us before we can lift them. You know, we ultimately go to the game to support our team. You mm. know, what I mean, win, lose or draw. You know, what I mean, play well, play indifferent, play crap. We go there to support our team, don't we? You know what I mean? So, And we showed that towards the end of last season, the unity there. Yes, there's stuff going on in the background, behind the scenes, in the upper echelons of the club that need change, and we all know that. We've got to go about that the right way as well. And that is clearly having an impact uh, you know, around the whole club as a whole in terms of, you know, like I said before, in terms of the positivity and negativity around the club, which in turn affects the manager and that feeds onto the players. That needs addressing, we know that. But ultimately... You know, I've got no problem with him trying to basically get a little bit out of himself or get a bit out of the crowd. You know what I mean? That's, like I said, the least of our problems. And he's still a kid. You know, cut the guy some slack. Let's get behind him. You know what I mean? We know he's, you know, he's not been, you know, he's probably struggled a little bit the last few games he's played for us. 
but he's, he's, he's adjusting to a, you know, to a difficult league. Look when Fellaini came in at a similar age from the same country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He came in. He looked a bit raw, didn't he? But you could see there a little bit there was a player there still. You could see mm-hmm. it. You can see it with Onana now. You know, in about four or five years' time, if he carries on progressing and learning, he clearly seems to have a good attitude. You know, he probably possibly could become an absolute top-class midfielder. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So let's get behind him. He's got all the attributes to be one, but he's still a kid. He's still a kid. We haven't signed a 25, 26-year-old, you know, young Patrick Vieira, have we? Or, or, or prime Patrick Vieira, sorry. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so you know, cut the guy a bit of slack. Cut the guy a bit of slack. But, but ultimately, look, the, the fear was, because we all knew we had City in the next game, which is obviously going to be a really tough match. They've started brilliantly. They were brilliant against Liverpool. They were brilliant again against Leeds yesterday, uh, albeit Leeds did well to contain them. They were still outstanding City and they've, 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 they've won quite easily in the end. So, you know, that was the worry, wasn't it? And, you know, if we'd had something like Southampton at home next, for example, who were struggling, I, I think there'd be a lot less fear because, but because we know it's City, it's basically going to be a real tough ask to go there and get a result. But, but ultimately, mate, at the end of the day, for me, you know, and there seems to be a real mix of fans at the minute, you know, there's a, it's almost, almost 50-50, dare I say it, that some, some fans are now fed up of basically sacking managers expecting different results, expecting new managers to come in with a new set of ideas going, right, Kevin, I know you've got all these targets that you've lined up for January now, mate, but no, put all them in the bin. I'm going to sign my own players now. You know what I mean? I want to bring in, like Allardyce did, I'm bringing in £20 million Tosin. You know what I mean? You know, this, what a great this, signing this, that was. You know what I mean? This is, I mean, to, to wrap up, obviously, this, this uh, part of the show, this, to me, is, is, the, biggest, is the biggest point, really. For the last, well, probably since the, the, the summer transfer window closed, they're working on signings for the January transfer window. But they've done a lot of work over the course of the World Cup break. The, they've got the, the transfers, they've got the targets lined up. Now, if we do... Now, last January transfer window was, was a disaster in the sense that, one, we allowed Benitez to, to, to get Luka Dean moved on. He had brought in two players in, in Nathan Patterson and, and Michalenko. They were brought in. And again, you know... The two lads have done a decent job for us. A uh, long way to go. A lot of improvements for, for both players. But listen, they've been brought in. They're, they're doing okay. And you then bring in Frank Lampard at the back end of that transfer window. They'd already sanctioned the, the, the Deli Alley move. That was done before Frank Lampard. Yeah, and, and he gave it the thumbs up, didn't he? Because he yeah. knew that. that was why, not, why not try with him? Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Van der Beek comes in as well. Um, so we, we, gave, we gave Frank Lampard, you know, a day, if that, to actually get a couple of targets through the door. And let's, let's get it right. You know, the, the players that came in didn't do a great deal. You know, Van der Beek, we, we hardly really saw him in the end. Deli Ali had, had that one game against Crystal Palace where, where he made a difference and, and, and that was it. And, you know, that was that was a, a disastrous transfer window. Now, we can't afford to do that again. We can't afford to go into January now and go, right, OK, Frank, we'll see you later. Less than 12 months of bringing you into the club. And what we'll do is we'll bring in another manager. Like you say, the, the course of Sean Dice are pathetic. I don't, I don't understand anybody who feels that he could do a job, even in the short term, after the fact that when he had a little bit of money at Burnley, he got the sack, you know, in their relegation running. So that, that, that's a no-no. Um, right, 4-4-2, second balls, set pieces, long diagonals, set, you know, flick-ons, you know, basically Allardyce, Allardyce ball, in it? You know mm. what I mean? And, yeah. and we're back into sort of like 
you know, trying to nick games 1-0, having two shots in four games or something like that, and it, that's what it'll be. Yeah. So, it's, it, I mean, that, that that's a no-no. So, we've got to, for me, we've got to stick with the manager, stick with what he's trying to do, allow him to, to improve the squad in January, allow him to bring in some attacking players to make us uh, more of a threat and hopefully more more clinical. And then and then go from there. There's a long way to go. Like you say, the, the, the season is not... We're, we're at the back end of December. It's not a normal back end of December because we've missed a big chunk of the season. So we're not where we normally are at this stage. A lot of games to go. A lot of time for, for, for Frank Lampard to turn things around and the players to, to obviously turn things around as well. And and let's let's go from there. We, we've got a... This is just a personal opinion. It's not, not about me loving Frank Lampard, you know, because he's... He's this man, you know. He's uh, he gets the fans and all. It's not about that. It's it's about. I think he can do a job for us. I trust him what he's trying to do. I understand his frustrations. I understand the mess that they inherited, and the fact he's been here less than twelve months, and and we're we're already. And I know where we are on the table before people start calling me out on that. I know how many, how many points we've got. We've got to allow a manager that time to build his own side. We've got it. We're early in the season. We're earlier than we normally are. Let's just try and relax. I know we get frustrated. It brings out the worst in us all whenever we lose a game of football. Some of the nonsense that I see on social media is just, like I said, nonsense. Some of the things that get said are incredible. You know, and the fact that people can get away with saying what they say. I won't go into the details, but some of the things I heard yesterday would disgust them. And I can't condone people doing that over the fact that we've lost a game of football. Let's give the manager what he needs, our backing, our support. I know that we will. I know if, if it means that we've got to do what we did last season, we'll do it. As hard as it is, we will do it. But he needs this window to get the players in. If, if he comes out to this window and we're worse, then, you know, and it becomes at, to a point where, listen, you can't defend it anymore. It may get to that point. But what I'm saying is, we've all said, we've all said for weeks and weeks and weeks, this window is really important. Let's let him bring his, his players in. Let, let's 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 allow Frank Lampard to improve us in an attacking sense. Well, let's stick to our word and let him do it. Then let's not just because we lost the game against Wolves as, as annoying as it was. Let's allow him to do it. Let's allow. Yeah, know. exactly that. You made you made some good points. You know, at the end of the day, he's had one window, and and like I said before, he, he's inherited like even others before him as well an absolute mess. You know, like I said, five six years. Of, of essentially mismanagement. We need to give someone eventually, you know, the time to fix those wrongdoing. You know what I mean? And obviously, look, the, 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 the pennies finally dropped with Mashiri to some extent by all accounts and the fact that he's brought Thelwell in now to replace Brands. It seems to be allowing him to sort of, you know, build what, you know, a structure now finally behind the scenes where he's not sticking his nose in himself. You know what I mean? He, he seems to be, you know, we, we, we appointed two or three other people didn't we uh, in, 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 in the six week break that we were off but at the end of the day he can't fix it all in one minute the amount of changes and players he, that had gone out the door in the summer players that had come in you know he clearly prioritised the midfield and defence you know we now need to we now need this January to get a striker to get a striker if not two if not two and like you said a winger as well we just need to we need to and, that, and, and if we get those get those signings right it will make us a better side will it make us a European side no but it'll make us a better side and more of a, you know, probably a mid a solid mid-table side. And then we hopefully kick on from there. But we need to, you know, the other thing you, you haven't mentioned there as well, Mike, you know, if we pay off another manager and his staff, you know what I mean? Not only are we paying Frank off out of his contract, we're paying Paul Clement off, we're paying Ashley Cole off and everybody else. 
you know, that's going to eat into our transfer budget for January as well, by the way. You know what I mean? That, you know, we, the amount of, I'd love to know the exact figure what we've paid off managers and their staff. You know what I mean? Since they've since Mishiri took over the club, I'd love to know what that figure is. So I bet you it, it's not far off 70, 80 million quid or something like that. Do you know um, what I mean? Yeah, it would be absolutely, absolutely astronomical. And again, the, the, the bigger question then and the bigger discussion for another day is what's happening behind the scenes. That's a bigger discussion. Like you, I know you've, you've alluded to Ken White in, you know, shortly. Uh, sorry. Uh, for um, Aegon on the show, but that's the bigger question. And I get all that. Listen, that that's I'm not sitting here defending what's going on in the boardroom, decisions that have been made in the past, people who are still in and around the boardroom. I'm not sitting here defending any of that, by the way. But you can't keep on going. We we've said this since we since we've started the show, by the way, in you know nearly four years ago when Marco Silva was in charge, he was going through a rough patch. And um, people were calling for his head. And we were saying to Sam, we've got to allow managers to build it, build a side. You've got to allow managers to be given time, to be given more than two transfer windows. He's got to be given sort of, you know, three, four years to try and build a side. And since then, it's, it hasn't happened for a variety of reasons. One, poor appointments. Two, managers leaving, you know, unexpectedly. Um, but, we, you know, the money we, we've wasted on managers has been incredible. Like you say, another manager goes, there goes probably any kind of budget you got for your transfer window as well. Um, and we've got to be smart still. We know we're, we're, we're not in a great position even now to, to buy, you know, for, for great deals of money. So we've got to be sensible. We've got to be clever. And like I said, I back the manager. I want him to succeed. That's not swayed because of a defeat against Wolves. I want him to 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 do well and 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 obviously build a side that is you know that is is a side we can all get behind and and love and respect and support and and you know be be the right the right fit for Everton Football Club and represents us correctly and you know bring us back to to where we want to be. So that's just that's just my opinion. Obviously, people people will I'm sure will differ, but let's let's get behind the manager. You know, big window. We know that massive window, massive games coming up. You know, Goodison Park for Brighton, Southampton. You know, it's going to be it's going to be the pivotal games, really important. It'll be bouncing, I'm sure, and it's got to be. It's just it's got to be that way. We've got to go back in. We've we've got to tap into last season. We'll tap into last season and do our bit. But let's just try and give the manager all the tools that we can to show. Listen, we know it's hard for you. We know you've got, you've been dealt a difficult hand. We know you're trying to undo years of of mismanagement and, and rubbish. In, in, in you know many many shapes and forms, and we'll do what we can do to, to stick with you. Personal opinion, like I say, obviously people will differ, but that's mine. That's your. Yeah, opinion. it'll be interesting to see now over the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping, that obviously, like you said, we'll get we'll get some forward players in. Lampard is clearly trying to. You know, people are questioning what style and things like. He's clearly trying to get us to play football. He, ultimately, a Lampard team, he'll want us to play football through the lines. You know, what I mean, not hitting long balls, trying to win second balls, things like. Ultimately. You'll want to try and play football through the lines. Have we got the personnel to really do that right now? Certainly not really in the final third. You know what I mean? You need a forward that can base, like I said before, link up the play and keep keep you know, keep attacks sustained. And at the moment we can't really do that because we haven't really got the personnel, certainly in the final third, to do it. Hopefully he can see that. And I think he, his comments are reflected in that. You know, and we do need, you know, I know we were linked with Gakpo, um, yeah, which is, you know, he's obviously going to Liverpool now, which is an absolute nightmare because the kid looks a real talent. We've been linked with him in the past, um, you know. But we do need 
we definitely, you know, the likes we like, we were linked heavily with Mudrick, who's now looked like he's going to go to Arsenal for a heavy fee. We were linked with Kudis, obviously, and you know, ultimately, I think that deal would have happened if Anthony hadn't gone to United for so much money. You know, you're looking that signing, by the way, now 100 million pounds, the laughing the Reds off, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, with Kudis there, you know, he's had a good World Cup. He's obviously raised his, he's raised his profile in that respect as well in the Champions League. And and you know, if we are going to go back in for him, it's probably going to be a higher sum. Ultimately, I think we could still get him potentially if other bigger fish don't come in for him as well. We could still get him, you know, and and, and the pull and the lure of wages in the Premier League could hopefully do that. But if I'm sitting there and I'm Mohamed Kudis right now and I get a phone call from Frank Lampard, I'm much more likely to come to Everton if I get a phone call from, you know, Sean Dyche. Mm. You know what I mean? So so from that respect, that you've got to think about those factors as well when you were trying to attract players, young talent like the likes of Mohamed Kudis and others. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Lampard's got the lure of an Ancelotti. He hasn't. But certainly from who he was as a player, that will help him in terms of trying to get signings, signings over the line. Mm. Yeah, totally, totally correct. Totally correct. And we could talk all day about it because obviously it's what we're seeing so much of uh, amongst the fan base at the moment, just discussion around the manager. You know, will, will he stay? Will he go? Is, is what a lot of people are saying. That's what the media want you to obviously, what you want you to believe. But as I say, our message is very, very clear. Let's back him, let's support him, let's back the lads. You know, and the only way out of out of the predicaments is 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 with our support, as we showed as we showed last season. Uh, but we'll wrap that that part of the show up there. We're going to have a one final short break before we we look ahead to the very difficult trip to defending champions Manchester City uh, as we head there on New Year's Eve. So we're back after a couple of minutes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Chainsy podcast. And like I said, it's all eyes on, on Manchester City. Difficult game, you know, none, none more difficult than going to Man City in the form that we're in, first of all, um, and also the fact of form that they're in, the, the signing that they made in the summer, you know, Erling Haaland is a massive, massive player for them. What he scored, he scored 20 Premier League goals already, probably probably more than, than we'll score all season. <laughs> but listen, what a player, what a player. And it's going to be so difficult with with the mentality as well. You know, the players, are, like you said before, they, you know, that, that will have mocked them. That defeat against Wolves in terms of you know the manner of the defeat, you don't want to be going to to Man City in that kind of headspace, and, and they're going to be um, difficult, difficult game, a game that I think fans were writing off when they saw the fixtures. Certainly after the Bournemouth games, and then obviously after the Wolves game, it's it's been written off even more. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I expect anything other than an Everton defeat. That's just being being perfectly honest. Um, but what can we do, Lee, to try and nullify, nullify the threat of Manchester City and, more importantly, Erling Haaland and, and Kevin De Bruyne? Well, City were a fantastic team before, uh, team, sorry, before Haaland signed. And now, now they've got someone in there who's, who's, who's ruthless. Uh, and in all honesty, never seen that kind in the Premier League, have we, in terms of his numbers? You know, he's, he's got to 20 goals, Premier League goals, that is, by the way, in 14 games. Um, there was a stat flying around yesterday. I think some of the best out there, if you look at Henri, was that took him like his best output 
was 34 games to get to 20 goals. I think Shearer was 30-odd games to get to 20 goals. Aguero was 30-odd games to get to 20 goals, and he's done it in 14. Mm. He, nearly got his, he nearly got his fourth hat-trick last night against Leeds. Could have scored four or five and even said that himself. You know what I mean? So it's frightening, really, uh, how ruthless he is. Um, you know, and he's still, and the, the, the worrying thing is, he, he's still nowhere near the finished article. If you look at his, you know, again, you know, it, it, sometimes when the ball comes into him, he doesn't hold on to it sometimes. You know, he's still got that side of his game to work on. But in terms of his movement and out and out finisher, you know, I mean, he's absolutely ruthless. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of being an out and out box finisher, which surprised me actually. Because whenever we saw clips of him, you know, playing over in Germany and things like that, and you saw him playing on the counter attack, you know, and and how rapid and powerful he was, I thought, oh, if he comes to City here, you know, in City that they're not going to always have that space to run into because they normally pen teams in and try and penetrate low blocks. And then you start to see, hang on a minute, this kid's an Inzaghi. This kid's a, a Gary Lineker. You know what I mean? This kid sniffs out goals, you know, in a crowded box with his movement and his finishing ability. You know, and I've been so impressed with him since he's come in. Um, and he's made City, you know, an even better team if that's possible. Um, and it almost feels unfair when you look at it and you look at the riches and, 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 and the squad that City have compiled there now. The wages that they're on. You know, reading the stat the other day, Pep spent over a billion since he's been there. You know what I mean? Okay, look, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. They haven't wasted a lot of that money. Um, you know, but ultimately, it almost feels like a different playing field, doesn't it, when you look at that, the squad they've got there and the players they've got at their disposal. What might slightly come into our favour, uh, even though City, you know, they played Liverpool in the in the Carabao the other day. And, 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 and to be honest, you know, that they could have scored five or six easily. They were absolutely outstanding in that game. De Bruyne was un- unbelievable. Leeds were fantastic yesterday for 40, 45 minutes in trying to contain them. But still, they were creating chances. Leeds mm-hmm. had one shot in the whole of that first half. And you'd, you'd actually say Leeds played well, you know, in, in closing down the spaces, you know what I mean, in, in preventing them from having loads of room to play into. But ultimately, they still cantered to a win, didn't they? And could have scored, again, like I said before, could have scored six, five or six. So it is a worry, but ultimately we've got to go in there. We know how the game's going to play out. We're going to set up and obviously be hard to beat. For me, it's how we lose that game in some ways, and that sounds awful to say that out loud. But ultimately, we, you know, if we go in there and get absolutely tonked five or six, which can happen, by the way, anything can lose five or six to City, by the way, not just us, um, then how that affects the players. You know what I mean? If we can go in there like we have done against them in, in, the, in the recent past and be you know even in the Lampard as well be hard to beat you know you know being being in the game nil nil for a long you know if we can get that in, you know we've, we've seen it before haven't we where we've been nil nil against City with twenty to go or something like that and then a bit of magic has won the game for him mm. so for me we need to you know we we know we know how he's going to set up the side what's slightly in our favour is City have only played last night so they're playing us in three days three days after that game aren't they after the Leeds game. I notice obviously Cancelo didn't start yesterday. He'll probably start, and he's obviously caused us problems in the past. Uh, I, I'll see a lot. I think there'll be a lot of changes from City. You know, Pep was saying yesterday we've got six games in January. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think uh, obviously they can still call on you know class borderline world class talent off the bench, but maybe we will see uh, some changes that maybe play into our favour a little bit. Uh, it's still going to be a, a, you know an absolute mammoth task to get anything from the game. But if we were to be able to nick a point or something like that, that'll give us a little, you know, a boost of confidence as well. 
Yeah, yeah. It's all about the, like you say, it's it's a it's a sad way to look at things, but it's the manner of of any defeat. And if we can if we can lose a game and not concede a lot of goals, then good. If we can come away with anything, then great. It's all about the mentality of the players. You know how the game against Wolves impacted them. Good, we'll get Connor Cody back in there, which is obviously what we need. Um, but I, I thought, by the way, before he went off, yeah, you mean he was probably our best player. I thought he was exceptional. Yeah, played well. Played well. And he's probably a player that you want to be fit. And the man just said he, he thought he had a bit of cramp. So if it's cramp, great. You know, we give us 75 minutes. And I think if he's probably on the pitch at the end of the game, maybe we don't lose it. That's just my personal opinion because I think he, I think he's he's our best centre half when he's fit. But um, you know, Cody's back in. Whether he goes to three centre halves, possibly. Whether he brings in Coleman for a bit of experience, possibly. You know, decisions to be made. Uh, is Dom going to be fit? I think he's certainly going to be on the bench. Um, but it's a game where you don't get a lot of the ball. You don't get many chances. So you need an out ball. You need someone to relieve the pressure. If if Dom can give us an hour of that, then then fantastic. Um, but you know we, we'll see we'll see what happens. But it, you know we're not going to sit here and, and overanalyze Man City, overanalyze you know where, where we think we can get something from the game because it's so difficult. We're in a difficult time, difficult spot, and it's all about you know can Everton react in a positive way from from uh, the defeat against Wolves? Can we see some kind of reaction in some way, shape, or form? Um, hopefully we do, and then obviously we we look ahead then to. To, to Brighton because the games come thick and fast Brighton at Goodison Park on the on Tuesday but let's have a, have a prediction if we can Lee what are your thoughts score wise yeah it's a difficult one isn't it and and like I said before City City can destroy any team uh, and I'm talking about world class teams as well just with the way they play the way they suffocate teams with possession um, so you know, I, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say 2-0 City I'm going to say 2-0 City and like I said, you know, if we can put a good showing in, we can show a bit of fight, a bit of heart, a bit of organisation. Like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes five at the back and, and, and you know, crowd the middle area of the pitch. Um, I think Yeri in there alongside Cody on Tarkovsky may help, by the way, especially against a physical Erling Haaland and things like that as well. Um, try and limit De Bruyne's, uh, you know, um, ability to pick up you know, space in the pockets and things like that and putting great balls in. But they can call on anything. You know, they didn't, have, like I said, have Cancelo yesterday. They didn't have Bernardo Silva. They didn't have uh, World Cup winner Alvarez in the team. You know what I mean? So it's ridiculous what they can call on. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say two 0 City. Um, but hopefully we show that little bit of fight and grit and 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 be hard to beat and you know don't dent our confidence uh, more than it already is. Yeah, I I I say I think we will lose the game. Like I said before, I think. Um... Yeah, I think it'd be three 0 I can't see us getting a goal. I just can't see us creating anything. And well, and if we do, like we said already, the, the, the clinical nature just isn't there at this moment in time. I think it make a difference if we've got Dom. Um, I think he, it, that will help things a little bit. And say, as I said earlier on about you know having an out ball and, and trying to relieve a little bit of pressure. Um, a lot of focus is going to be on, you know, the the back four, maybe back five, to to see what they can sign do to to nullify the threat of of Harland De Bruyne. Um, obviously, other you know, silver, Foden, Grealish, take your pick of you know who's who's going to be playing on the day. So it's it's, it's a really difficult task. Um, I know Pete's going. Pete's in the hospitality, isn't he? He's uh, in the home end hospitality, so he's going to be just making sure that he has that he has that much to drink. He doesn't remember what happens during during the game. 
Um, but he is, he is going to be there. Uh, but let's see, let's see. Difficult game, difficult game. But I think the focus is, will very much be on on Brighton and Goodison Park uh, under the lights on on Tuesday. But we, we'll call it a day there. Um, we'll be back ourselves over the course of, of next week to, to look back on on the City Brighton games as well to see. Obviously, our, our, our lads have fared. Um, obviously, hopefully, during that time as well, we can make some kind of move in the transfer market and, and get the ball rolling, get get a, an attacking player again early doors if we can to, to hopefully help with that, that push up the table. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.